Now, back to Bet MGM tonight. Here are Nick Ashew, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Network, presented by Bet MGM. We're about an hour away from Thursday Night Football. Big, big, big game tonight with the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears. Bears, three and a half point favorites, which is crazy to say, especially when you consider the fact that Justin Fields isn't playing in the game. Totals 38. Right now, the Pacers blowing out the Bucks, 20 to 5, uh, 738 to go in the first quarter. Line and total off the board right now. Still to come tonight. Hawks, three and a half point favorites over the Magic. Total in that one, 231 and a half. Tempted to take some Magic at three and a half in that game. Total comes back up at 242 and a half. The Bucks, six and a half point dogs on the road, minus 120. I was pretty close to actually taking Milwaukee because Giannis got kicked out of that game for real, really like no reason last night. He got ejected, thinking that he's going to be well rested, but then Dame uh, last minute did not play. Benedict Matherin has got eight now? points already. Wow. What do you need 20? need 20. For plus 500 on that, right? Oh, my God. Nice. Yes. Nice. Well, if the Pacers blow out the Bucks, they might sit them. Well, I mean, this might be done, but I mean, this it could be done by this end of this quarter. Yeah. I know it's just the regular, like it's early in the regular Pacers season. Pacers look good, don't they? The Pacers They're look the really good. They're the kings of the East. And the Bucks Ooh, play like absolutely like no mm-hmm. defense. Yeah. They play no like defense. That. All right, let's talk some hockey. To do that, we welcome on Rachel Dory. You can follow her on X, Twitter, Rachel Dory, the Staff and Graph Podcast, lead betting analyst for the Hockey News. Rachel, how you been? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing really good. I was looking, so we we, we have some line movement as far as uh, what BetMGM sends us over for the Stanley Cup. The Hurricanes go from twelve to one to nine to one. The Golden Knights fourteen to one to nine to one, and then you have the Stars sixteen to one to twelve to one. Out of those three teams, which do you think's the biggest overreaction? Which one of those teams do you not trust right now? Would you say? I don't trust the Canes uh, at all. Um, in hockey, the biggest thing you re- need is is goaltending and. They just had a goalie go down with a blood clot, whereas you look at Vegas and you look at uh, Dallas. Dallas has the best goaltender of the three teams, and Jake Ottinger is a top goaltender in the league. Um, whereas in Vegas, they play well enough defensively that they can kind of get by with a league average goaltender, and that's what they're getting. Carolina, I mean, their best goaltender is playing in the AHL right now. Nobody's really sure why that is, but I think... 9-1 to a little bit of an overreaction there. Um, I don't trust them whatsoever. <laughs> Rachel, the Bruins are once again rolling to start the season 10-1-1. Do you think that they're better this year than they were last season? I don't. Honestly, I think that we're seeing a little bit of kind of um, adrenaline from the Bruins. Obviously, you've got Charlie McAvoy, who's one of the best defensemen in the league. He's suspended right now. But when you get further on into the season, you have to rely on your centers. They have to be able to score at a pretty good clip and they need to be able to produce and they also have to be able to play on the defensive side of the puck and the issue that Boston is going to have as the season wears on, they lost a center last night, is that their centers don't do enough scoring and they're not good enough defensively to combat the fact that they are going to give up goals. So I think when you look at this, this is kind of like a beginning of the season situation and I'm expecting that the centers that the Bruins have are going to hit a wall unless they bring in somebody via trade. And that is a possibility. They have been rumored to do that. Um, but if you look at it, I think that it's it's going to be very hard to replicate last year, especially given the fact that Patrice Bergeron, who's a slam dunk hockey Hall of Famer, retired. The The Ducks were the worst team in, in hockey last year. Do you think, are you buying in on them as a playoff team this year? Or is that 6-1 and one run kind of smoke and mirrors to you? 
Yeah, I love the Ducks. Um, I had them as kind of like my surprise team this year, but a surprise team in that they were not going to be dead last, which a lot of people assumed they were. That run, it is smoke and mirrors. The reality of the situation is, is if you look at their luck factor, which is PDO, it is sky high. They have three players, four players shooting over 25% right now, when realistically those players' career averages are around 11%. And when all of that regresses back to their career averages, that is going to hurt, and it's not going to be fun. They're getting really good goaltending, and John Gibson has really fallen off the past like few seasons. And he seems to have really found his game because he's playing a little bit less with the young goaltender, Lucas Dostal. But I'm expecting both of those goaltenders to hit a wall. I don't think it's inherently sustainable, but I do think the Ducks are going to be outside of the lottery. I think they're going to be a team that, come the trade deadline, is going to sell off players, but they're going to be a competitive team all year. How far off do you think the Blackhawks are from being like a real actual contender? I mean, they're 4-7 and seven right now. They're playing Tampa Bay, tied up at 1 right now in the first period. How long do you think that takes for them to rebuild? Uh, well, they, they got a piece that certainly speeds things up. Um, it's right. always helpful when you have a generational talent. Um, you got Kevin Korczynski on the back end. I like Lucas Reichel. Uh, I think they're probably two years away from contending for the playoffs, and they're probably four or five years away from being a true contender. Because of the new lottery rules, they aren't eligible to win the lottery this year, and they're only eligible to win... Um, next season and even then once they do that they can't win for quite a few years after that so yes they won the lottery the generational talent lottery but it's going to be very hard to accumulate kind of the star players that you're going to need to rebuild that hockey team there are some really good pieces that are coming obviously you have Connor Bedard and that's super helpful but if you look at it in Edmonton they've got the two best players in the league and they can't do anything because everyone around them is just a absolute tire fire including the goaltending and that's the other thing in Chicago is the goaltending is a mess I expect that will correct over the next few years they're going to have to bring in somebody but I think they're probably four or five years away of from being in the conversation of a contending team any concern with the Maple Leafs they're 6-5-2 and two to start the season through 13 games obviously broke that streak last year where they were able to win a first round series against Tampa. A lot of people had high expectations for the Leafs coming into this year. They're fifth right now in the Atlantic division. Are you concerned about the Leafs or do you think they'll figure it out? Uh, the city I live in is currently burning down because of the Toronto Maple Leafs. It, everyone is very upset. And I think, listen, I think there is a little bit of an overreaction here. The sky is not falling the way it is in Edmonton. But there is some cause for concerns. Defensively, Sheldon Keefe talked about it. They are horrendous. It is bad. I've watched too much hockey for my own mental health. And some of the errors that I'm seeing and some of the defensive behavior that I'm seeing should get quite a few guys stapled to the bench or the press box. There's just there's running around the defensive zone. The penalty kill is awful. They have one goaltender who can't stop a beach ball. They have another goaltender who's playing really well and just kind of had an off night last night. But, I mean, when you've got 930 goaltending, he's allowed to have an off night. The issue that you have is if the defensive behavior doesn't correct itself, there is very little outside of a major, major acquisition that you can do to correct that. And I'm not sure 
that the pieces are there in order to be able to do that. Morgan Riley is not a particularly defensively stout player, but he's excellent offensively. So the reality is, is they have two defensemen in TJ Brody and Jake McCabe that are good defensively, and Jake McCabe's injured. And so now you're running with guys who have no business playing in the defensive zone, and it's kind of obvious because they're giving up goals and they're running around the defensive zone like chickens with their heads cut off. They're also not getting any secondary scoring. So if Matthews, Marner, Nylander, or Tavares aren't scoring, nobody's really scoring, and, and that's kind of a problem. I've been really excited about the Rangers for like two-plus years. They finally just swept their first five-game road trip in 97 years. Do you think this is the year that they finally take that next next step? Because Igor Shosturkin has been insanely good, but the defense has also been leading the way as well. Yeah, I really like the Rangers this year. Honestly, I got to tell you, I've been really impressed with them. One of my good friends covers them, so I'm consistently kind of plugged in with the Rangers and, and how they're doing. My one concern with the Rangers is that they run Shishlerkin into the ground just because that's a thing Peter Laviolette likes to do. I think with Jonathan Quick, you've got a serviceable backup. You need to make sure that Igor gets his rest so that come the playoffs, he's able to maintain the level he's at because right now, he is in the conversation for best goaltender in the league, and that's always something you need to look to. I look at the Rangers, and I like how they're playing. I like their defensive game. I like that they've got Lafreniere and Kako going a little bit more involved in the play, and I think that's going to be really key because you can't just rely on guys like Kreider, Zibanejad, and Panarin. You need to have other guys, and right now they are getting those contributions from guys like Trocek and Lafreniere. And the one thing that has been missing from the Rangers in years past is the togetherness. It kind of felt like there were always these clicks and people were kind of going in different directions. But you've seen a, quite a few examples earlier, early in the season where this team really feels like it's together and it's playing for each other. And so when you combine all those factors together, if Igor Shosturkin can continue his excellent play and not get run into the ground, I really like the Rangers, especially now you've got Jack Hughes is hurt. Uh, the goaltending, really, they only have Ilya Sorokin to worry about because the Devils' goaltending is not all that great. Um, the Flyers are the Flyers. Columbus is Columbus. Pittsburgh's goaltending is a genuine mess, and the Capitals are a mess. And so I look at this and I go, the Rangers kind of seem like the most well-put-together team and that's going to be good not only for the league, but just for people in New York, right? You you look at it, and um, without Henrik Lundqvist, like, that team wouldn't have gone anywhere. And so now, hopefully, they're a little bit more balanced, and they've got an excellent goaltender that can maybe take them on a run. Yeah, Rachel, you look at the Vesna right now, and Igor's plus 700. It's really tight towards the top. You mentioned Sorokin. He's the favorite right now at plus 550. You got Jake Ottinger, UC Soros, Hellebuck. Like, if you had a pick right now for Vesna, who would who would you like? I would probably go Sorokin, um, narrowly over Shosturkin. Those are kind of the two guys that are in the, the conversation for me. The situation with the Vesna is a little bit different than the other NHL awards and that the GMs vote for it, so there's a little bit of politics at play there. Um, having been someone who's been involved in a front office, I know there are politics at play there, and so... I think that when you kind of look at the situation, Connor Hellebuck's going to have an opportunity to play his way in. I think Jake Ottinger might get harmed by the fact that Dallas is so good defensively that people don't think that he's necessarily the best goalie in the league because he's a little bit more sheltered. 
UC Soros, I mean, if Nashville is anywhere near the playoffs, it's going to get some love. But right now, Ilya Sorokin's sort of my guy just because he doesn't get the run support that Igor Shosturkin does. The Islanders can't score. And so they're winning games 2-1. They're going to have to win games that way, whereas the Rangers can afford to kind of give up three or four goals because they're going to score five or six. And so I think when all is said and done, Shesterkin will have ended up giving more more goals up, same with Soros. And so I kind of look at Ilya Sorokin as the guy right now. I want to get your thoughts on on how the political situation goes with the Vesna from your experience because that sounds like some spicy tea right there. <laughs> yeah, it's some tea. So essentially the general manager's vote on the Vesna, nobody's really sure why that is because the pro hockey writers are like they vote on everything else except for like the players MVP award. So there's like a media MVP and then there's a players MVP, which I understand. But the GMs vote for the Vesna and those are the only votes that aren't public. And so if there's a guy in a contract year, there's like a little bit of, you know, finagling or it's like, oh, I like this guy. I'm going to do this guy a favor or, oh, this guy's going to be due a bonus if he wins an award. So maybe we're going to screw that team over. There is a lot of that. The other thing is there's a ton of discussion between GMs on who they're voting for. So they're in cahoots a lot of the time. And if you talk to the right people, like, you can get a pretty good feel of who's going to win the Vesna. And I mean, Lou Lamorello, who's the GM of the Islanders, a really respected uh, GM. And Sorokin's not due a bonus, neither is Shishterkin. Uh Those are kind of the two best goaltenders in the league right now. And so you can't go too off the board. But what I mentioned with Jay Gottinger, I think he does get docked a few points because GMs will look at that and be like, well, look at Buffalo, uh, look at Dallas and how they play defense versus somebody like Buffalo who's got like Devin Levi who's going to be up for the Calder. Um, and he's a goaltender that's been absolutely fantastic. The GMs are definitely, they have conversations about the Vesna and um, I'd be lying if I said some GMs didn't try and screw with each other a little bit with that award. Wow. Uh, Rachel, we only got about like 45 seconds. Anything that you like tonight on the ice? Ooh, there's a lot on the ice tonight. Um, let I don't know that I necessarily love anything. I do like Winnipeg to beat St. Louis, though. I think that's a legitimate uh, that's a legitimate um, sort of bet there. And then if you could take the live over on Ottawa, Vancouver, there's backups playing. Ottawa's on a back to back. That's a situation that uh, I would look to there because neither team is very stout defensively. Love it. Thanks so much. We'll talk again soon. Have a good weekend. Yeah, thanks, Rachel. Thanks, guys. Rachel Dory right there, the Staff and Graph Podcast. That's where you can find her lead betting analyst for the Hockey News. About that uh, with the Vesna, huh? Yeah, I know. I was like, I I need to know about this. Yeah, that was fascinating. Bucks are getting absolutely It kind of feels like uh, we might have a little edge on the Vesna, knowing that it's an award that you can pretty much call early on, like draft positions, where it's not really something. That's why certain bets don't, uh, certain states don't allow awards to be bet like New York for this reason. I didn't realize that. Me neither. Peach, we might have to make you uh, yeah, ha- have you make a trip really quick here. <laughs> you run down the street. Yeah, I know. Flash right. that speed. When we come back, we're going to talk some Thursday night football. <laughs> does it get much better than the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears? It does. This weekend of college football, we'll talk about that later. Too. It's been MGM tonight.